Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Ben, would you rather commute two hours to your dream job or live two minutes from a MediaCore job? Wait, did you say MediaCore job or do you mean a mediocre job? Oh, yeah, a mediocre job. <laughs> or a MediaCore job. I don't know what a MediaCore job is, but <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued by that job, actually. Um, huh. Okay. Gosh, two hour commute. Okay. You know what? If I loved my job, I would, I think I would have to do a two hour commute because I could read and stuff on the way, but dude, that's four hours a day. I know that's almost like half your work day just in driving. I know. And just think like how much time that would take away from my family. Oh, that sucks. Ooh, you're going deep on this. (laughs) I take these too seriously. What would you do? (laughs) You know what? Uh, I feel like I would, I would want to do the commute because it would give me thinking time. Okay. I like it. Okay. That's beautiful. All right. Well, yeah. Speaking of thinking time, beautiful segue. Um, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. And oh, wait, what? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sweet. Yeah. How, how, how uh, convenient. Yeah. yeah. I, I, honestly, I mean, I feel like you're a media core job or a mediocre job, as I also like to say, uh, is, is something that, I don't know, after a while, don't you feel like your soul would start being sucked from your body and then it's like even two minutes would feel like an eternity? (laughs) It's like, why do I want to get to a job I hate faster? I want the commute to be long. (laughs) Exactly, right? So I feel like, you know, two hours, but then when you're there, it's like, oh, this is so great. And then you can just make up that time. Maybe you could work something out with your boss. Like, hey, I'm going to come in at like six and leave at two. Yeah, you know, then you wake up at four, hop on that train, spend all that time thinking. If, okay, if my commute, so I ride my one wheel back and work, forth to work. So if my commute could be on my one wheel two hours each way, that would be like a blast. You would want to ride a one wheel for two hours straight? <laughs> oh, I have. Is that, have. Is that strange? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you'll, uh, you'll get worn out, but hey, it's, uh, it's good for you. Yeah, and it's your dream job. Yeah, well, maybe that is my dream job. You know, just riding a one wheel. Yeah. Maybe you that, could dress up like a clown and ride your one wheel around town yes. as a job. I and you're commuting and working at the same time, and it's not mediocre at all. Perfect. <laughs> right. All right. Um, if you all are enjoying the podcast, uh, just wanted to say if you could subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app, that would be super awesome. Um, in the meantime, we're going to jump into our main topic, thinking yeah, time. Yeah, which is thinking time. Yes. And this comes from a book you and I both read. Uh, I read it more recent than you because you were the one who told me about the book. And I don't even think you told me on purpose. You you had it uh, like in a like the background of your video or something like that. And I was like, what's that book? Yep. You're like, this is a book. It's called The Road Less Stupid. Which is honestly one of the best titles I've ever heard. It is. The Road Less Stupid. Who doesn't want to take that? <laughs> Nobody wants to take the road less 
uh, stupid. Everyone wants to take the road less stupid. Nobody wants to take the the road stupid. <laughs> the road, the road less smart. The, yeah. the stupid road. Yeah. Take the road that's stupid or the road that's less stupid. Yes, exactly. I so, think it's a play on on a, a title from the load the road less traveled. Right. Exactly. That's I'm yeah. pretty sure, but I, it's beautiful. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and before we even get into what that book covers, it's a, it's a book by Keith Cunningham and it's, it's the one of the, it's the first book of his that I've read and I found it super, super useful. Um, but I was just going to cover a few kind of lay some groundwork as far as the importance of thinking time and then we can get into mm-hmm. some of the stuff he recommends. Um, but, uh, there's a few like pretty successful people that prioritize thinking time. Basically thinking time is just like, setting aside time to intentionally think about something rather than just be doing stuff all the time or reacting to urgent work and all that kind of stuff. So like, for example, Bill Gates uh, famously takes off two whole weeks a year uh, to retreat. Um, and he like goes into nature and he just thinks and reads for like two weeks out of the year, which he's such a busy guy. I'm sure like so many people need his attention, but he still prioritizes that and says, Hey, mm. I'm going to go out into nature and be gone for two weeks out of the year. It sounds epic to me. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I would too, actually. I would love to like go into the mountains here in Colorado, stay in a cabin for two weeks. Mm-hmm. No, maybe even no like electricity or anything like that. Like you just have to like make a fire and write with a pen and like a notepad or something like that. You, for two like, weeks. With a pen, you know, like with your hand. I've seen you do that before. <laughs> I've seen you write with a you pen. You have to use your fingers. Yeah, <laughs> instead of dictate to Siri all the time or whatever. You might have to, you know walk outside to go to the bathroom two weeks. (laughs) That sounds amazing. So uh, another person um, that also prioritizes thinking time is Warren Buffett. And according to his own estimate, he has spent 80% of his career thinking and reading. Like that's pretty insane. 80% of his career. And he's not talking about just even later in his career, but his total career, most of his time has been spent thinking. And I mean, that's inspiring to me. And I think... uh, even in our culture, I don't feel like thinking time is valued that highly. Like people don't say, oh, wow, like you should go think about that. Or if you see somebody just sitting there staring off into the distance, it's like, why are they so lazy? Shouldn't they be like sending an email right now or something? So it sounds almost stupid Mm -hmm. to say, oh, you know what? I need some thinking time. It's like, wow, you're so high maintenance. You need time just to be able to think or like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of feels like a very um, spoiled thing to be able to do is like have thinking time. Um, but it's so valuable, I think, because it can help you, um, all the things you're doing can be way smarter if you spend time to just think about what you're doing and why. Yeah. If you, if you like really think about it, a lot of times we make decisions, um, on the fly or we're constantly, um, just going with our gut and not really spending the time thinking. And if I look back on decisions I've made, Um, I would say that if I would have maybe slowed down a little bit and spent some dedicated time thinking about those decisions, like it probably would have saved me a lot of troubles, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, a couple of things that I've done with thinking time in the past, before we jump into some of the, of Keith's recommendations from the book, um, things that have helped me before reading this book were, I, I, um, used to do this pretty regularly. I don't do it as much anymore, but when I do it and get in the habit, it's very useful for me that's doing like a weekly weekly review, like personally. So I used to take maybe like um, usually about two hours, like on a Saturday, like a Saturday evening and go to a coffee shop. And I would basically write down any of the, the challenges I ran into that week. 
and then any of the great things that happened that week. And then I would kind of think on paper and ask myself like, okay, why was this so stressful for me? Like this thing that happened this week, why was that a stressful thing? Like what about me made that stressful? Why did that thing happen? How could I make sure that doesn't happen in the future? Um, and so I'd kind of think through that and just write down on paper and help me process everything that happened that week so that I could, you know, basically repeat the successes I had that week and hopefully put things in place where I'm not going to have the same failures next week that I did this week if I can kind of evaluate why those things happened. So that's one thing that I've done in the past that's been mm -hmm. super useful. Come on, ride the train and ride it. <laughs> I need to have that song queued up every time we hear the train in the background. <laughs> Just queue up that that song. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, I live right next to the train tracks. Um, our office is like this old brick brewery building. And then right next to it is a train track. And then right next to that is a river with a bridge over it. And there's a little island and all that stuff. So it's really cool. But downside is when you're recording a podcast... You get a little extra downtown ambience. Hey, it's all part of the experience. Right. So so that's one thing I've done is like a weekly review. That's been super useful to me. It's kind of similar to the Friday habit. You know, if you all don't yeah. already know what the Friday habit is, but it's where you review everything that you've captured, problems that have happened in your business that week. And you kind of evaluate and take action on those. And you can actually download our PDF on our website. At the bottom, there's a, a guide into how that whole system works and how to set aside one day per week to work on your business. The FridayHabit.com. FridayHabit.com. Yeah. So this is kind of something that I, I used to do on Saturdays. Um, sometimes I, I still do it, but I don't do it every single week like I used to. Um, and that's been super useful to me. Uh, but even just like sitting down and writing down your thoughts and journaling can be useful or just asking, you know, why do I feel the way I feel? It just, I think you can kind of get deeper and deeper down into um, why you are doing what you're doing. So mm -hmm. these are some things I've done before, but this new, this book, the road less stupid has kind of opened up the possibilities to me as far as how intentional you can actually be with your thinking time mm -hmm. and how to strategically set that stuff aside. So basically in, uh, I think it's chapter three of the book. Um, he talks about the five different core disciplines of thinking time. And so I was just going to cover those real quick so you can kind of yeah. get a preview of this book, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, you enjoy it like Mark and I did, and maybe it'll be something useful for you. And, and I'll just say, I mean, this book, it really inspired me. It, it really put a lot of words to the things that I was feeling as a business owner and a leader and uh, helped me kind of get clarity around the kind of decisions I had to make. And so I would highly recommend it uh, for anybody who is uh, running their business, especially if they have a team of people working uh, with them. But uh, I think it, it'll apply to anybody who's an entrepreneur. So, yeah, agreed. So core discipline number one is find the unasked question. And this is really interesting because the way he structures thinking time is he actually says, sit down, you know, completely, completely focus, you know, try to, you know, use the bathroom, get a drink of water, whatever you need to do so that you do not get distracted at all. Sit down and start your thinking time already knowing what the question you want to answer is and start out with that question. So um, you can basically create a question that will help result in the clarity uh, that you need and help you generate better choices. So 
what he actually says is like, when you start out, sometimes you, you can start with one question, but the whole time, just try asking better and better questions to yourself that will actually answer the real thing you want to answer. So, you know, maybe the question is like, how can I get more business? But then the question is like, maybe it's not, how can I get more business? But why aren't the leads that I'm getting that are coming in converting at a higher rate? Or like, what could I do to convert an extra 10% of my leads this month? Or what are other companies doing that help them convert leads? So you just keep asking question after question until you find what is the perfect unasked question that when you spend another batch of thinking time on that, you will get to like the core problem that you're trying to solve. So that's, that's number one that you suggest. I really like that. Um, number two is separating the problem from the symptom. Um, and basically that's to identify the real obstacle that's blocking your progress. So if you can basically sit down and try, try to figure out, okay, is, is this thing that I'm thinking about just a symptom? Like, let's say you're not getting enough leads. Maybe that's just a symptom of like your website needs to be redesigned, or maybe that's a symptom of, you know, maybe your industry is moving in a new direction and you need to change business strategy. So like try to figure out like, what is the real core problem? Not just the symptom. Um, number three is you can spend thinking time to check your assumptions. So basically try to differentiate the facts from the story that you're spinning. And so that's like kind of sitting down and saying, okay, like here's what I think is happening with leads. Like, and I'm just saying, oh, maybe the story I'm spinning is that the economy is slow right now. So that's why I'm not getting leads. But wait, maybe that's not really the facts. Like how can I actually measure this? How can I figure out what the industry is doing overall? and actually figure out what I need to do personally. So try to like think like, what am I assuming about this situation that might be holding me back from making uh, forward progress? Maybe you're just assuming, you know, that, hey, um, advertising won't work for my business, but you've never tried it. Maybe you should try that or try marketing in a new way. So maybe you just have some assumptions that you haven't realized. So that's number three. And then number four. Yeah, I was going to say that a lot of times we make excuses for things like, oh, I'm not getting leads, uh, the, the economy's bad, right? And so then we just push that blame on uh, something else that's outside of our control when w if we actually sat there and thought about why, in our, why aren't I getting leads, it's not because the economy's bad, it's because I haven't done X, Y, and Z. I haven't really put any effort into doing advertising or really created a lead generating PDF or some other type of, of product. And so then it kind of brings things full circle back to not just complaining about something, but actually creating a solution for that problem. Right. hundred percent. Number four is consider second order consequences. Um, so this is helping you clarify the risks of whatever decision you're making and the possibilities or costs of being wrong. This is something that one of our team members, Joy, is great at. Uh, this is something that I've had to learn as a skill, but to think about, okay, let's say I do launch this new business, or let's say I start this podcast called The Friday Habit. Like, What are the, the positive and negative consequences of doing that that I haven't even thought about yet? Or like, for example, when you, mm -hmm. when you buy something like a, a new car, lots of times people do not count any of the cost of what the insurance is going to cost, what maintenance is going to cost, uh, what the consequence is going to have two having two cars and like needing more gas for two cars or oh the fact that if when you buy that new jeep you're going to want to like trick it out and add like a i don't know like add roll bars to it or you know like a a, a wench a, a towing package to it or whatever you want to add to it right it's like you didn't think you didn't actually calculate you justified it by like oh it's going to cost me this much a month or this one-time payment 
but really there's so many more things that go after that. Or same thing with getting into a new sport, you know, like if you get into a dangerous sport, you're not actually calculating what the medicals or bills are going to be if you get hurt, <laughs> things like that. So there's yeah. a lot of like second order consequences you might not be thinking about. So when you're making a big de decision, you know, in your business, sometimes it's good to just sit down and step back and say, all right, what are the long ter term things that are going to happen? Like, for example, if you're going to hire a new person um, to do more work, you know, like we just hired, hired a new designer. But in order to fill that designer's time, we need to bring in more leads um, and do more sales, which also means that um, Joy is going to get busier. At some point, she'll be maxed out. So that means we not, might need to hire another person to help with the leads end of things. So it's like those are the things like when you hire a new person, that's not the only expense. There's always a lot of other things like maybe the software that they're going to need, not just their salary. So mm -hmm. you need to be intentional and think through like all those consequences. So that's the fourth uh, core discipline that he recommends thinking about. Another one is um, number five. Just got real intimate over here. <laughs> oh, your lights just went out. <laughs> yeah, it looks, looks so cozy over there. Um, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> folks. You're missing out. Um, someday we may have a video show, and if if uh, we do, the then you'll silhouette. Enjoy moments like this. <laughs> so, number five, uh, fifth core discipline is create the machine. So this is the idea of once you've kind of thought through this stuff, like actually designing the quote unquote machine or the process that needs to be created. So creating the executable plan, identifying the resources, all the people and money that you need um, to solve that real problem and actually make forward progress. So once you've kind of just made a decision, then you can spend some t thinking time sitting down and like planning out what that machine or thing you're going to design is. So all of those five, I think, really work together. Um, and it kind of says in the book that they're they're really all interdependent. Those are five disciplines and five different ways you can use thinking time. And you have mm -hmm. to be get good at all of those. And the way he puts it is they must all be mastered to minimize the likelihood of stupid. I love that. Yeah, I love it so much. And one thing I really like about this book is really the first like three chapters, it's only like 27 pages, are about how to do thinking time. And then every other chapter is just like wisdom from his career and like different things that you can think about. And so like every chapter honestly feels like, like a, a gold mine of, th of thinking time opportunity, you know? Um, yeah. so I, I can just see what, what some of these are like, um, chapter five is called mm, Kool-Aid. And he kind of in that chapter talks about all the different, you know, gurus that are out there that give you a one size fits all solution. And what he does is encourages you to actually spend the time to think through how it can actually work for you. So yeah, he has a lot of good questions. At the end of each chapter, there's all these questions you can use for your thinking time. Um, so think, for example, the end of the mm, Kool-Aid chapter is uh, questions like, what shortcuts are we attempting to take that are not really shortcuts, but rather mirages of greed, laziness, or impatience? What skills do I need to master to attain the success I want? Or realistically, how much additional time and practice are required for me to attain my outcomes? Or who can I hire as a coach or mentor to help me guide me and hold me accountable? So the other great thing I love is they have uh, he, he sums everything up in a bumper sticker. So he'll, you know, you'll do the whole chapter or whatever that is. And then here it is in a bumper sticker, you know, and I, I love that. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, he gives like a really great, easy to remember summary. But every chapter, you know, there's ones about like, here are like, I think it's like five things a CEO should never delegate, or I don't remember how many it is, but it was a few different core things like, hey, as a CEO, these are things that you should always be responsible for at your company. Even if you're systemizing your company, things that you should still keep an eye on as a CEO. So every every chapter really honestly has so much wisdom and depth to it that I could spend weeks just thinking about that one topic. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to taking it slow and kind of going through all of those different times with thinking time, but yeah, that's, that's the, the book that I'd recommend. And then a few little tips on like how to have successful thinking time would be using things like noise canceling headphones, maybe like a, an app that plays white noise, or there's an app that Mark and I really like called portal for, iOS that has some really cool like nature sounds and stuff that you can turn on to help you focus. Um, you know, setting a timer for yourself. Timer. Yeah, exactly. Having some type of timer that, you know, will go off when it's time to, to stop, but also keep you focused for that amount of time. I think that's super useful. In the um, book, Keith also recommends that, that you actually take your own, um, have your own space where the only thing you do is thinking time. He has like a specific chair that all he does in that mm. chair is think. And he has a special notebook that he uses, a special pen. And just, it's basically he ritualizes it to the point where it's almost like a ceremony that he does. You know what I mean? So it kind of makes it mm-hmm. um, super, super focused so that he it gets in that habit of, he's kind of like triggered into being in that mode when he sits in that chair because he knows he respects that and is not going to answer his phone or get distracted. So I love that. And just the one last thing that he kind of, has as a tip is pre-scheduling your thinking time. So when you think of a problem that, man, I really need to solve that. And as soon as you realize you have a problem you need to solve immediately on your calendar, schedule in the next week or two, an hour block for you to sit down and think about that and solve it. So when someone comes to you with a problem in your company, or there's a big thing that comes with the client, just know like, Hey, I need to schedule thinking time for this. So it doesn't get pushed by the wayside. Then when that thinking time comes up, respect it, sit down and try to figure out what the answer is to your question. I like this quote you have in here. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. And it's that's the whole idea of thinking time. Like spend more time thinking about what the perfect action is and then you don't have to like waste so much time uh, building a whole new service on your business when you didn't really think through what could go wrong, you know, if you did that. So, um, yeah highly recommend it Uh, what's our recap for this week all right so to recap thinking time is critical because you can be more intentional make sure you have a plan for your thinking time and protect your time and keep it distraction free does that sound about right ben it sounds perfect yes and i would say your action item for this week is to block off two hours on your calendar next week and then just decide ahead of time where you're going to go. It's distraction-free and what it is you're going to think about. Like what's one of the biggest problems you want to figure out in your business or in your life? Block it off. Start off with a question, but don't feel like you have to just answer that question. Just keep asking better and better questions until you get to the real question you need to answer. That's fantastic. Go out, get the book, The Road Less Stupid. You, know, you won't regret it. Also, go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. That's right. And guys, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday.